SAFM, leading the conversation. The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. On SAFM. Climate change and corporate responsibility. As we see severe patterns and weather patterns and events of the like happening more frequently, we've seen the impact of climate change on Southern Africa, particularly in the last five years. This has led to massive damage in flood. I mean, the many floods, among other things, have seen damage in food security and generally in the agricultural space, leaving scores, millions in fact, displaced and livelihoods in tatters as the country with the highest carbon footprint. Corporate South Africa should be taking more responsibility, it is argued, and leaders have to stop their thinking of business solely as financial resource. They are life resources. Mr. Bert Rodriguez, Chief Executive Officer at Biodex, is on the line to talk to us about essentially the work that corporates have in ensuring the complementary role they fulfill together with society as well as government in ensuring policies and social norms and standards towards a responsive system, if you like, of climate change is implemented in the country. As it is said, it is a question of life, frankly, and death. Bert, good evening. Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to SAFM. Good evening, Songhezo. Thank you so much for uh, inviting me on your show. We appreciate that. Bird's eye view, the status of South Africa's response to climate change, the legislative regime and policies, are they consistent with international best practice? Are they consistent with what the country needs? What do we make then of the very different weather patterns that for the most part we grew up with? And what are the clear signals that we should be responding to if we are not already? Well, Songhezo, um, if you're as old as I am, um, the weather patterns that we grew up to see are definitely gone. And, of course, that is way beyond the debate. Um, we quite understand why, because we've managed to gather data over the last 25-odd uh, years. You know, climate scientists started talking about uh, climate change uh, in the 50s. Uh, I believe 94, 95 delivered sort of a first global taste of what uh, we were facing. El Nino and El Nina came around. Uh-huh. I know it was a long time ago, and the youngsters might not remember the terminology anymore. El Nino, a little boy. I do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was a little boy. He dried everything up. So we, we, we experienced sort of the beginning of what climate change could look like. Um, and a lot of factors were attributed to what was happening. Uh, of course, uh, being humans, we blamed ourselves straight up. Uh, in the meantime, we've had 25 years of data, so we understand the planet has done this a couple of times. Uh, we're not sure of what was society doing back then when there were um, ca- catastrophic weather changes on the planet. But we know what we are doing today. And the last 25 years have now given us a few data points to put on a graph because we only really started measuring data properly in 1979 when we started getting some satellites into space. And those first years of data were just really satellite data. So is South Africa's response uh, proportional to the problem? Uh, Is legislation addressing the issue? Legislation has addressed the issue. And in South Africa, we do have 
good legislation. Um, it does take the environment seriously. Um, we may not have the resources, mm. um, both in human capital and in financial potential, to go implement that. But, you know, as your show's name is, Viewpoint, which it doesn't matter which viewpoint you have now, <laughs> whether your viewpoint is in Africa or in the Middle East or in Europe, or in North America, or South America, it doesn't matter. Everybody's experiencing global trauma, yeah, yeah. weather-related, so right now, and it's not in October. So Songhezo, um, is the response proportional? I don't think so. And that is because we haven't got prepared as the warnings have been coming. So now it's upon us. And what we have to do is take this year's data sort of from... September last year when these uh, uh, far more frequent, far more violent mm. weather patterns started. And let's peg down what the season looks like and let's see what next season looks like based on the trend of what we plot from uh, sort of 94, 95 till now. Yeah, yeah, I'm interested in some of those thoughts. In fact, I specifically made point of the space stroke satellite point that you raised earlier on as I will also look to engage corporates, particularly in terms of what they are currently doing and without the necessary oversight from the public bodies that be carrying on unabated as they are. They certainly are doing more damage than they potentially should be doing. But let's start where perhaps we really should have started. 1979, you said, where real data was being collected in the space and using the relevant and necessary satellites. Not so long ago, I had a conversation with a colleague of mine who is actually at the space agency here in Pretoria talking about the fact that South Africa in many respects, lost out, open, close quote, lost out in the race for space, not putting out the necessary satellites, therefore unable to gather the necessary data for the purposes of monitoring, among many other things, but for the purposes of this discussion, weather patterns such that we would be better prepared in our response as a nation for climate change. Of course, now, that ship has sailed, but it hasn't entirely sailed, given the fact that the uptake of technology, the advent of the fourth industrial revolution, still does yield opportunity for the purposes of better deploying state resources, particularly technology, in the broader fight of climate change. Where then, in that space, do you still feel South Africa needs more impetus in resource deployment for the gathering of data, therefore better response to climate change issues? Songhezo, the problem you raise of uh, the timing. So there is no too late as far as addressing and implementing tools to deal with climate change. And when I say deal with climate change, we'll talk about what can we do to attempt to stop what we're doing. Uh, But also, considering it is unfolding, uh, what do we do to mobilize the people from the areas that are definite danger, like Mozambique, and they'll be in danger forever. So what do we do based on the fact that we do have to address uh, the human component? We don't have to wait and see anymore. How many times do you understand that Mozambican population down to the flatlands between Shashai and um, Inyamban on the Gaza province? How many times do you need those people to lose everything before you understand this is going to not resolve by putting people back there. So plan is to be made on that side. Uh, as far as technology goes and the satellites, so the first weather satellite that 
uh, NASA really put out there to have a look at the North Pole. That one was in 1979. And that excited everyone. That there's a weather satellite and we can have a look and we have kind of the data. And South Africa um, has a very creative innovation space. Um, the Department of Science and Technology in the early days when uh, President Mbeki launched uh, the biological incubators, uh, I stand to be corrected, 2002-2003, mm. um, and he also launched um, the research um, base for our space agencies. So those incubation programs through to 2010, which uh, in my particular case, Biodex Biological Chemical Technologies was um, Today is a technology innovation agency that's our partner and not funded anymore, but they were substantial funders of the technology. I recall very well in those entrepreneurial, innovative meetings, which were very vibrant through the 90s, uh, uh, sorry, through uh, the late Sorry, Bert. Sorry, Bert. We're going to talk about the early days of Biodex and the vibrant engagements you had. We just have to take a scheduled ad break now. We will return, of course, and we will take it from where you've just left off. Good evening, everybody. 23 minutes past eight this evening. Mr. Bert Rodriguez, CEO of Biodex, is in conversation with us talking about climate change and the responsibilities of corporates. Do give us a call, please, if you wish to participate. 0891-104-207 or Johannesburg 714-2006. I think you should call Johannesburg 714-2006 because that line is very much clear. Of course, your voice notes are welcome. 0614-104-107. Drop us a voice note or send us a message on the WhatsApp facility. If you're going to drop a voice note, you know the rules. Under a minute, clear background, no noise, please. Bert, you were talking to us about the early days of Biodex and you remember very keenly, if you like, the enthusiasm of the engagements that were taking place then. 2002, the height of the Mbeki administration. You want to carry on from where you left off, please? Yes, so we were well incubated, well funded. Uh, When Biodex wrote a research proposal for Be Bioactive, in 2004, the, uh, the grant was given to us immediately. It was a small one, 40,000 rand, join an incubator, get going. What does it look like? And the incubator had a project manager. It had a general office manager. It had a receptionist. And you were exposed to a business environment, even though you just had an idea and no money. And we weren't talking about 4IR back then, mm. uh, but we were talking about innovation. And I remember... Uh, later on, sort of 2011, 2012, at the Innovation Hub in Pretoria, when we used to have pitching dens and the entrepreneurs used to come pitch technologies, and which were funded by government, um, millions and billions investments from 2002 to uh, current. Of course, the budget started flingling uh, sort of 2014, 2015, but uh, billions were invested prior to that, including in Biodex. Um, but I remember young entrepreneurs pitching satellite technology for weather purposes uh, to help future farming uh, determine whether weather patterns were shifting to determine um, medium to long term prosperous farmlands, where they would be. And you are asking what needs to be done or what hasn't been done. And what hasn't been done is corporate CEOs technology uh, directors for companies have not taken the entrepreneurs seriously and they have not invested in the modern technology. So now if you go to 
just the research organizations in South Africa that are funded entrepreneurs, the various government incubators that used to exist, the CSIR itself, um, the innovation hub at the moment, you will find brilliant technology patent developments which are suitable for weather tracking, environment tracking, and of course, it makes corporate South Africa responsible because we are losing a lot of jobs and we've been talking about 4 but nobody puts any meat to the bone. Well, the meat to the bone, there it is. It's an industrial revolution. It's the fourth one. And it's about technology that's going to provide tools to the country to predict a better tomorrow. The weather is not going to stop changing. Uh, we are yet to watch it. Uh, so we've been, we've been around a little bit and we, please, God willing, we around a little bit longer. But the opportunity is by no means lost and value of companies as uh, you have in America with uh, BlackRock. BlackRock uh, has a $8.7 trillion asset management company. And if you listen to the Chief Larry think of BlackRock, you'll say that a lot of the value in a business today lies in its intellectual property portfolio, which is suitable for 2021. And that South Africa has in abundance. We need corporate South Africa CEOs to take all the new technologies seriously and invest in them, and we will have the capacity. I will give you an example. Um, Sassel. Sassel is the kind of company you want to deal with because they comply to Larry Fink's talk, which is you must have a purpose beyond profit. And um, the VP of Sassel Wax, uh, Steve Radley took his wax pollution seriously a couple of years back, a bunch of years back, and engaged with uh, an entrepreneur that had a technology solution to resolve the waste stream of the wax, which is quite large. And he engaged with uh, Dr. Jan Reinhardt from GreenCat, who had developed the technology to resolve the waste stream. And the technology has now recovered 50% of the wax. So the wax is now reusable. So you can now put terms to this, which is the technology produces a renewable product from the waste stream. Mm. It is a sustainable technology because Sassel will be producing that waste stream for a long time. Uh, it has reduced Sassel's wax cost by 50%. Now that is the kind of person and company that you want to deal with. And there's a per- oh, and by the way, GreenCat got its funding from the IDC. So here's a technology that's created 30 jobs, and that's what 4IR is. It's investing in the new technologies that are going to resolve current problems. And of course, uh, back to 1979 and the first satellite that started uh, analyzing the North Pole, we in South Africa have a lot of technologies that our entrepreneurs have developed, that our government has funded. We haven't repaid the taxpayer the millions and billions of investment because there has been a lack of responsibility from CEOs. Yeah, let me move on from this point there, Bert. I'm going to have to move on. I'm sorry. But let's just listen to a voice note in relation to the first point we raised, speaking on satellites. 
Thanks for Geza, just talking about satellites, our Minister of Defence, um, uh, Mbizi Kula, refused uh, to answer any questions in Parliament. We did launch a satellite, it was called Project Flute, and it was launched on the 18th of December at 6.55pm from Kazakhstan. It cost uh, South Africa $1.4 billion, and uh, it was, to this day, uh, we still don't know what the satellite was doing, what its job was. We're assuming it was weather information gathering, but it was also possibly... Uh, launched to spy on people uh, in uh, South Africa and around the world. Um, the contract for this was signed in May 2006. Mike Newlands. Yeah, your response to that very quickly, Bert? Uh, 1.4 billion is a lot of money, and I'm not familiar with the launch of the satellite. I'm in biological chemicals, and I do follow as much as no, I can. But no, I accept the that. Weather, I don't know if it's a weather satellite or it's not, as the gentleman says, there is no information on it. As for it being a spy satellite on personal data, well, that would have to be connected. No, to let's not get mode. derailed on that. Let me just ask this one question. Acid rain is a function of how not just corporates, of course, the demand that we as civilians have on particular products that corporates will only do too well to give us because it does ultimately speak to their bottom line. I suppose then there are systemic issues here. There are non-systemic issues in a nation or the world's response to climate change and global warming and things of the like. Where then do we strike the critical balance between what corporates are producing because that's what people demand versus irrespective of what people demand, there is a line that cannot be crossed and should not be crossed. Because, I mean, we've been talking about CFCs for the longest time, that the ozone layer is seriously perforated, and the advent of acid rain and how it is destroying particularly the Amazon region that supplies 40% of the world's clean oxygen. These are some non-negotiables. I mean, look at what happened earlier last year when the Amazon was on fire. It was a serious hazard for the longevity of the world and its clean air. Final comment? The balance between corporate and citizens and demands and supply? So the balance is difficult to achieve because um, the ozone layer has been destroyed, but it has recovered. So the science has uh, changed. So we know that the hole over the North Pole shrinks and expands. Um, the acid rain formation is obviously directly related to the pollutant in the atmosphere. But yes. the Amazon has bigger problems, the deforestation, the fire which you mentioned, and of course the washing of topsoil into the river mounts. And is there a balance? I don't believe we can stop what's happening. In South Africa, you've mentioned the current experience, River Plot Dam overflowing, hasn't done it for a while, Ukrabis hasn't been uh, this bad for a long time, but the last time it overflowed, it was 2017, and before that, it was 2006, and I'm sure there's a date before that, uh, Midmar Dam overflowing. So that's local. In the Middle East since October, we have had rain that's up to 400 millimeters, unheard of. Um, South America, Nicaragua, Brazil, storms, Kenya. Uh, and of course, we can talk about the EU that's been frozen since uh, December. Uh, 25 centimeters of snow, uh, the USA, Japan. Um, I has had 15 avalanches this year. Um, the Illinois River has ice rivers. And Romania has got uh, ice at around about 450 mil. So 
can it's not local and we cannot really equate a, a balance between stopping it and not stopping it we cannot stop it it is unfolding so what does uh, blackrock consider as a responsible and a measurable is to attempt to get businesses to change their behavior to not increase the temperature by more than two degrees. We are at about 1.1. Songhez, I don't believe there is a balance that can be struck. We need to stop uh, uh, supporting companies that dump effluents, um, toxics, into water systems, into dams, into rivers. Uh, We just have to start supporting those businesses. If they don't make an effort and put a plan in front of corporate South Africa to say, this is what I'm doing, I'm, I'm sorry I, I haven't taken the solution too serious, but I'm taking it now. We, we, we need to know that there is a plan, and it is the companies that need to make this plan. It's not government. Yeah, no, government I get the point. Us. I get the point. Bert, Don't let me believe. move on. Let me move on. We are running out of time, but I appreciate the fact that civil society needs to engage itself better than in relation to the question of climate change and put business to terms. Toe the line or we will support somebody else. I think that's a fair assessment. There certainly is responsibility on the part of citizens to create the society that they want as opposed to always outsourcing it. If not to government, then to big business. You and I, as individuals and as a collective of individuals, have some responsibility and it's high time we exercised it. 2035, the conversation with Bert on climate change and corporate social responsibility is now a thing of the past. Thank you for that.